Welcome, Welcome to Show Us Your Bits. I'm Alice Rivers Cripps, the founder and creative director of Posh Totti Designs. We are the original hand stamp jewellery company. I've been doing it since 2004. And I'm Josie Lloyd, a friend of Alice's, and I'm an author based in Brighton. And together we came up with the idea of a podcast about the stories behind the jewellery that people wear, because we're always fascinated by the shiny bits, aren't we? We are so fascinated. And also there are so many tales. Each week we'll be talking to each other with some anecdotes about our lives and we'll be introducing a special guest. We've got some great guests lined up for you. For oh, you. so many amazing guests. It's and very finding, exciting. And delving into their jewellery boxes and finding out the stories behind the keepsakes that they really love. Behind their bling. Let's get on with the show. All right, Alice, how are you this week? What are you up to? Wow, I've had a really interesting week, actually. I um, was fortunate enough to get invited to a charity art event um, for Whoops-A-Daisy. What's that? Um, Whoops-A-Daisy is a local Brighton charity, and they work with kids who who have cerebral palsy. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, so they're kind of wheelchair, a lot of them are wheelchair bound, not all of them. and um, But they're just the most amazing collect- collective of like gorgeous little kids who basically grow up being supported by Whoops-A-Daisy. And um, Whoops-A-Daisy were, have basically really changed these kids' lives and given them the opportunity to kind of go into normal schools. And I think for the parents, it's been a real relief. Um, so they had this art au- auction, which had loads and loads of famous pieces of art now gorgeous pieces i'm not i i'm just putting it out here alice but i think you possibly might be a little bit over exuberant at an auction is is that fair to say i I might well have been one of the first to put (laughs) my hand hand up up. how Um, many glasses of wine in and did you put your hand up what did you say two glasses of wine Ah, in ah, and ah. yes um but i kind of felt like it had to be done Um, yeah but also i'd fallen in love with this massive massive canvas of a zebra um, it's a little bit pop art. It's oh, a little bit wonderful. out there. What sort of um, colorway is And it? I fell in love with it before I knew anything about it. But basically, it's kind of bright pinks. It's got gold on it. It's got little tiny doodles in it. It's got names written on the bottom oh, of it. It's, it's really exciting. And it's one that I think I'll look at forever and find different things in it. But I was looking at it I, and I, I was just like, I've got to have it. I've got to have it. Suddenly, I saw in the nose of this zebra, this little face with little arms and legs. And I was like, OK, I've got to put my hand up got to shoot my hand up so I basically I bid on it and I I I won and it turns out it was made by this nine-year-old boy called Chip who's absolutely gorgeous and super cute and now I basically have this giant canvas that is for him you know it's from him and you know I, I was I'm just really honoured that I've got his piece of art. So oh, well, that's you know, wonderful. but now Why I've got to find, find out. It's huge. I don't know where it's gonna where fit. I mean it's gonna... mental, oh. it's massive. But it will be with us. I want it around. I want to be able to look at it. So it's gonna be go somewhere special. It's difficult, so, to, it's difficult that thing of hanging pictures though. some people have a real art of it. My sister my sister in law's brilliant at hanging pictures and she does lots of things. I have just taken loads of pictures from my parents' house and brought them back to my house as well as having had my lounge and dining room painted. So all the pictures are off the walls and I've now got them kind of propped up on things and I don't quite know how to put them all up. Are, you, them good. are you somebody that just kind of whacks a nail in the in the wall and then works it out afterwards? Or are you somebody who plans and gets a pencil out and a ruler and works it all out? No, I'm somebody who is completely lazy and takes somebody else's 
uh, word for it. So I've actually got the nails from the previous owners, <laughs> and there, oh, and just hang it wherever, wherever, there's, wherever, a, wherever there's a hook. Oh but God. now I've had it decorated properly, so there are no hooks in the wall. So I've got a carte blanche to actually hang my pictures properly. So in um, that case, where will you hang? Where will I hang and them? And how will you do it? Will I you... don't know. Well, I've oh, I'm, I'm famous for. My husband goes crazy because I'm, he is the type of person that literally gets a tape measure out and he's like, you know, measuring from the ceiling, measuring from the floor, measuring in all directions. I'm the type of person who just whacks it in. I, I like using tacks. I hate using anything that's going to be there permanently. Yeah. So I just whack a hole and then I move it and then I'll be like, oops, wrong place. Then I'll whack another hole next to it. Oops, wrong place. And it's just like, and so if you lift all the paints, yeah. paintings off, there's like about five I'm holes behind so every a, picture. Yeah, I'm a girl, I'm drawing hard. And I do, and I also do, but I've got bad, those things that you put in the, in the wall with the uh, tack that you put through and there's a little hook with them and then I, then yes. I bash them down by accident and... And then oh, you can't get out. Can't get out. <laughs> um, I think I'm really good at DIY, but I'm really rubbish. I kind of think... It's one of those I things that I think things. I'm good yeah. at, but it's amazing. Quite a lot of our pictures in our house. I've got all the way down our stairs, I've got these frames from Poundland, so-called because they were one pound, and they're quite, but they're quite nice. They're, they're brown frame, but it sounds revolting, but the A4 pictures... <laughs> But I've got lots of pictures. I've got lots of photographs of my children in them, and I just I rotate the pictures. But actually, quite often, but yeah. quite often, somebody will get drunk and just fall into them, and the whole lot will fall down. And I'll come in, and they're they're forever being smashed. So quite a lot of them are taped up at the back. And now I'm exactly I mean, the same. They're just it's, it's, it's just not, terrible. I wish yeah. I I wish I was. We've got more in common together. than we realised. <laughs> But talking of artists, we've got the most incredible artist. In fact, we're both lucky enough to have a piece of her artwork. But um, Her artwork really inspires me because, uh, like I was saying to you earlier, you feel like there's a whole world in every picture. Yeah. So when you look at, the, look at the picture, you can see so far into it that you kind of imagine a little dog walker kind of walking across but, the back. Or, yeah. you know, sometimes she fits people that she knows into her paintings. You know, it's just a really magical world that you enter when you see her paintings. I'm incredibly impressed with Natasha Kissel our next guest as well because she works so hard and we had a very interesting conversation um when we first met because she said how do you fit it all in because she's got two little kids and I'd have been through the thing of having kids her age and I told her about my great theory of the power hour so I as a writer quite often what I'll do is get up really early and just do an hour before anybody's up, before anything, before I've even turned on my phone, before I've had a cup of tea or anything, I'll just sit down at my computer and do an hour. And I can get more done in that hour than ever before. And I did that. I had to take my daughter to the station this week because there were no trains on Sunday and she was going back to Bristol. And so I got up at 4.30 and I did this incredible hour, in fact, two hours between five and seven to get my edit done. It's never going to happen it, in my it's world. Good. You're never, never going to happen in your never world? Never going to happen in no, my world. No, in the it's artist's like my, world. It's actually uh, my worst nightmare. Oh, really? You're I'm a such a night owl. I'm more likely to stay for two hours late at night doing it than I would. Oh, see, no, I'm a goner. I'm a goner by 9.30. No. So what about... Natasha, is she? She just works insanely hard. She does, but she gets up. She gets up really early. I can imagine that. I've seen her. I've seen her on the beach quite early. Yeah, she works all day. She's incredible. But she's somebody who gets phenomenal results and 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 has a huge amount in her in her incredible life. Anyway, let's get her on because she's wonderful. Natasha. Kissel, welcome to Show Us Your Bits. Thank, Thank you very much, much for being here. Um, 
Tash, you were a friend of me and Alice's, and uh, we love you dearly, mainly because you are the most phenomenal artist. And you have done so many incredible arty things. In my house, on my bedroom wall, you have painted my walls, which you just, by hand, just came along and went, oh yes, I'll paint your wallpaper. (laughs) And just painted painted beautiful (laughs) birds and trees and these incredible cranes, because you know I love my qigong. And you were so cool about it, you did it all by memory. Is this something you're doing more of? Well, I love painting murals. And actually, that time was quite a special time. It was sort of coming to the end of the lockdown and we'd all been in, in our own houses, quite isolated. And then that just, that consistency of going, you know, every day going to your home and then painting a new bit on the mural. It was it was just like really, um, you know, breath of fresh air and getting out the house and seeing so other people. And then um, Emily would make me some lovely tomato soup it was it was just a very special time and um yes I love working in people's homes and I've been working recently up in Scotland I was doing a lot um up there with this house that's been built by this amazing Indian hotelier and uh, she's built this incredible house on a loch and I've painted her bedroom and more like sort of French style Uh, so yes I I love that because it sort of gets you out of your own head and you know you only get you get to the end of your ideas and sometimes it's quite nice to throw that all in with a bit of a mix of someone else's you know ideas and inspiration and see where that takes you yeah but you're not just a painter of murals you're actually quite a prolific artist you're like take us back architectural as well so tell us how it came about because you you were a art student weren't you yeah so I was at the (laughs) Royal Academy of art which is amazing in Piccadilly just you know for lunch you sort of pop out and there's Tiffany's on your doorstep and all these high-end designer shops and then all the other small group of only 20 or 30 of us in in an entire year and you know there'd be this small group of of art students walking around in scruffy clothes as paints on you and it was uh, (laughs) such a contrast to the area we were in um, and I loved it. I spent three years there. And that's where I suppose I went in at painting people. And then I think I just transformed, realising I was much more interested in landscape painting. But uh, but actually, I was just recounting this to, to my daughter, to Lux, this week, because I wasn't very popular, because at the time there was this change in art education where if you draw in a traditional way, they were trying to get away from that, be like much more kind of contemporary and, you know, stick a bit of masking tape on the wall and be like, that's genius. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I just like drawing and painting and quite realistically. Mm-hmm. And so they, the, the, the sort of teaching staff, they weren't so happy that I'd continued this traditional style when they're trying to get away from that old fusty image of the Royal Academy and they're trying to be all new and trendy so um by the time we got to the the final show they put me in like the worst space in the middle you know at the end of a corridor where no one was going to go but in the end the biggest art collector in the country at the time Charles Saatchi I think knowing that they'd tried to sort of hide me away sort of purposefully then went and bought my entire show Charles Archie bought your entire almost like a fingers up to them saying you're trying to force me to to, you know to collect your favourites but actually I'm not going to be pressured or influenced by you and he sort of came and bought my show and then and that was um, that was that feel was that it was amazing it was amazing because that was like the door opening and then a gallery approached me and it was in the newspapers and and of course the press at the time was all 
the YBAs, they love like, you know, um, the, the new fresh sort of thing and, you know, new art student, blah, blah. So I had quite a few um, articles and it just made that break being able to get a gallery. And then I was set up and that's fine. And then since then, I've just been, you know, it's not easy at all. But at least I had that little help at the beginning of being slightly you know but you are amazing because whenever I see you you're always like oh I'm sorry I'm just packing up the car and I'm driving all my paintings overnight <laughs> and you'll be going to Stockholm or somewhere or the Netherlands or you'll be driving off to a gallery <laughs> where, where was your last exhibition um yes Peru Copenhagen and I, I did on that occasion decide to to drive it just because I thought with everything happening with Brexit it was all just so complicated so um, I think I had to cross five countries and actually Lux came with me and we oh she gosh. said about it having been amazing for her it was well. quite fun she said she had a different meal a different course in every country so I think we had um, so we'd left England in the evening so she maybe she had a pudding or something and then she woke up in France had a croissant and then Belgium has um, something else and then we got to Holland and she had a panini and we stood, we, we drove right up to the Van Gogh Museum parked in the car park and then Germany had an ice cream and then we crossed over the ferry <laughs> to Denmark and had fish and chips on the ferry so it was quite a fun journey. So you're still working very much as an artist yes. um, but you also the listeners have to understand what an incredible person you are you are also quite a prolific musician so you do teach piano you do lots of teaching and you yes. and you play yes quite a bit well you? it's that funny thing isn't it when you um say when you're at school and you think what do I want to be when I'm older and I always had three things which was one was being an author which I have given up so I'll leave no, that you, to well, you I'm still, no, no, no. <laughs> still going to get you to be an author <laughs> and uh, one was to be a concert pianist and one was to be an artist so I just thought oh well I'll just go down all three routes and see which one. And I suppose in some ways you can't really control your life, can you? I think I'm realising that the older I get, uh, certain things are just out of your control. And if doors open, they open not because you've made things happen. And so so, um, so the art stuff just sort of happens like organically. And sometimes that takes over and there's more painting and exhibitions. And then sometimes there's a bit of a lull and then I have the piano stuff that's... I also love doing and I find feeds my art because it sort of like inspires me and also just getting out, you know, I've spent, say if I spent six or seven hours in the studio, sometimes I just need to be taken away. Otherwise I will probably destroy what I did that morning and just I get really... Do you ever destroy? Well, no, I've got better at it now. And sometimes you just get sick of seeing the same thing and you yeah. just have to leave it and come back with fresh eyes. The next morning, so then I'll go, you know, do some. How long does it teaching. normally take you to do one of your paintings? Um, something like a month or something. So, so you know, much work. Um, yes, but the 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 beginning is almost the hardest. Like when you're coming up with what it is you want to paint, and then once you're on a roll, it's actually, you know, that bit I find quite easy. But I find it's such a mental exertion of like what just just deciding what your composition is going to be and and you do what I love about your paintings is that you do take you juxtapose things don't you so you you do the most incredible landscape or scene of a, a swimming pool or something and then you will place something else in it so I've got the most incredible landscape of Scottish kind of this beautiful got there. and a shed are we right or yes is it... that is right because well in a way when I was at the Royal Academy and it was where John Constable studied and Turner and there was the point made that, well, this has all been done before, you know, the lands, English landscape has all been painted before, so why should you 
just you know remake something which is done better than you'll do it and so it's sort of like um trying to say something new about it i suppose and also trying to make a bit of a distance between people that might like um that sort of country living style of like you know the tweed cottage in the countryside and maybe they will hate the contemporary architecture it creates this a bit of a divide of like actually it doesn't have to be all um you know twee and post picture postcard no, yeah. sort of perfect there can be something unsettling about the landscape nature the countryside that makes you question it does feel like a, almost like the green belt you're kind of yeah. seeing that kind of effect of the green belt of, of like the cities moving mm. further out into the yes. into the countryside and your your latest collection though which is with the kind of hollywood la vibes is very different but yes in a way i mean in a way it's amazing. a sort of one step because uh, they're still using architecture with landscape but the architecture is more to do with a swimming pool and then and then I suppose just setting myself that goal of like could I do a whole exhibition just about swimming pools and then you think it's going to be very narrow remit but then it turns out you know once you look into anything I suppose you can go all around the world and you could do obviously they started with LA but then even Morocco and those uh, Riyadh and all the and even just observing light and reflections of water which obviously artists have done through the centuries so there's so much material and actually they've got a um, hockney-esque vibe to them. well yes yes, vibe. yes um, absolutely and tell us because you mentioned constable before you've got quite a special connection to john constable haven't you oh yes in fact that's how i know you jay is that we live on this the same road uh, in brighton which we moved into this house and then we found out there was talk of a, a mr constable living there and then my other half Peter, who's an artist and curator, researched it a bit more fully and he found that it was actually John Constable's Brighton studio. So then he ended up curating a show at the museum, which I can't remember how many years ago it was, but it's um, really all those incredible Brighton paintings are you know, of the skies and everything, and they were all done while he was... Yeah, we shared And it's amazing because of these beautiful pictures of Brighton that John Constable painted, mm. and you can see the curve of the beach. And, of course, we know the beach now with all the restaurants on it and the bars yeah. and everything, but you can still see the same Brighton on the beach. It's very, very interesting, It's amazing, isn't it? Isn't it? All these years later that's... Yeah, exactly, yeah. it's this timeless thing. What a um, small world. But one of the other things about you, Tash, which we also really admire is your unbelievable, unique sense of style. You are so a style icon. just to <laughs> clarify for the um, listeners, today you are wearing a see-through sheath dress in cream and black swirls with a leather jerkin, I would call it, sort of a like a... What's a jerkin? jerkin? Is that the name of it? What is a jerkin? and a massively huge chunky necklace and this is very typical and leopard print shorts underneath leopard print shorts underneath talk us through how you like to dress because you always you have loads of clothes and you always make quite an impact it's amazing always amazing chic well um well little did you know i actually arrived on a bicycle with just the cycling shorts and had to put the long floor length dress over the top while I was out on the road <laughs> and the builders must Glossy. have thought what's going on she's having a costume change on the streets <laughs> um no um well I guess I I, I do quite enjoy uh, fashion clothes I don't know why but it's just I suppose that creative um outlet of um just enjoying pattern and um design no other reason I haven't ever studied it and 
probably increasingly go out less and less. So, so I, I, me, I do have this fabulous wardrobe. I have to sort of shove things in, which spills over into my husband's wardrobe. And um, I don't think I need to buy things for quite a long time. So, do you, um, do you, you've got really unusual things, and and you've got a really unusual taste. That I mean, it's just it's very rock and roll festival hmm. chic. You always look incredible, but you, like I would look horrific if I tried to I'd look like a chipolata (laughs) (laughs) but you love you love mixing textures don't you so you're always wearing leather and wool and cotton and lots of different types of textures so definitely I think that's really and that's sort of indie-ish sort of I'd like I like things towards that but then you've got pearl earrings you know so you've kind of got that real nice you just just, you are very bold this this season we're talking about being bold and what what's very bold about your look which I love is that you just put everything together so so we had another guest on who Melanie, who you'd love. I must introduce you. Honestly, you'd get incredible. on like a house of fun. Yeah. But she wears really bold earrings oh, yes. to join oh, in, yes. and I love that about you that you just put lots of big pieces together. Yes. And um, you have bought some beautiful bits to show us for show us your bits, and we have yes. here an amazing display of some of your jewellery. Talk us through what you've bought. Going back chronologically, I've brought some things from. From my mother, from uh, when I lived in South Africa, I have this these amazing um, African ju- uh, necklaces, and so some are what would you call them? Brass, beaten brass with uh, patterns and beads, and then some are amber beads and and um, all sorts of what are these terracotta ones? I this don't one even looks know. like a. Um... Brazil nut, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. It's beautiful. But, um, it's really weighty. But it? I just, I kept them and I actually would love to find where you could get more of this ethnic, African ethnic jewellery because it's quite hard to find in this country, I think, unless you had a specialist. Yeah, but, um, Did but, she wear it all the time? Yes, what was so, her sort of style? So, it's like fishes, doesn't it? It's, it's, yeah, it's they're incredible, aren't fishes they? And, and she would wear them like a big statement. They are big statement pieces, so you and they're heavy, so you know you're wearing like it's not. In fact, I would say probably I don't have much fine jewelry of like little tiny um, diamond earrings or or a, a small gold chain or things. But they so they're big chunky things, and you'd put that with an outfit and it sort of glam it up. But um, and they also remind me of that time when I lived in South Africa. We would have swimming pool parties and she she was an ex Miss South Africa so she won was won she? it one year and she wow. she was very glamorous and beautiful and she was a ballet dancer and all sorts and so um so she looked very glamorous and you know you can imagine these swimming pool parties in South Africa with all the family round and you know almost like that sort of LA thing of um people by the pool in the 70s you know that type of can you um, remember her with sort of like a caftan on with these incredible jewels? yes I can imagine it, her. did she have the exactly. same kind of style as you say probably she would get sort of nice big statement jackets with lovely prints bold color and some quite ethnic things um so so yes i have like very fond memories of that and probably of her and so these pieces because she's not alive anymore i think they almost are my connection to her something physical mm. that i have that i can touch and hold whereas you know your memories are so intangible and they just so fleeting and how long ago did she die because it's quite a while isn't it yeah I was 18 and so quite a long long time time ago ago, but so that's that keeps that as a separate chapter almost in its own right of like something another part of my life and especially as I you know I was born in South Africa and I lived there till I was eight and I feel like did I really because it's you know my life's so different now so something like these just 
little reminders of you know that was do you ever go back are you tempted to go back I am yes I am it's just always that thing of you know it's um it's a big flight and you know do I take the kids and I think I want to wait until they're you know just the right age and maybe I could take them and go on a safari my uncle's still there and he said he would you know arrange for us to go uh, on a safari maybe um wow but um i have a slightly nutty grandma they were slightly scared of so, and so she's still there uh, well. she's still there but every time i'm in touch with her she's like oh natasha love to lovely to hear from you will you put me in touch with prince william because i want him to um you know prince william don't you because you live in england um to, sp- <laughs> to sponsor my charity for um you know some animal is going extinct some sort of african hill cat and um, and and I'm like oh gosh that's a big and then you know the next thing she wants me she's actually um created a vineyard from scratch an organic vineyard in outside of Cape Town um and then the next thing is she wants me you know to sell the vineyard I'm I'm like gosh this is a lot of work so I I think I'm keeping Well, you've you know, asked you know, art, you could move over oh, there. I have to say, you are a bit so, of a superwoman, but even that is, it's might be beyond. Task too far. <laughs> yes. I'm just at the are. bottom of your like box of tricks here. I have spotted what is, I presume, an Alexander McQueen silver skull ring um, with a little bee on the top. Please, yes. and the talk, pearl eyes. Talk us I mean, through this fellow. Oh, I mean, it's beautiful. Where did this come from? So, it's just so beautiful, isn't it? Well, it was actually when my daughter Lux was born, and then my husband very sweetly said, oh, I'd love to get you a piece of jewellery to commemorate Lux's birth. And then most people would probably would get a lovely, um, beautiful little gold chain with, I don't know, uh, something a bit more dainty. And I think it's probably um, because it's so against the grain of what you would associate with a sweet little baby and a skull <laughs> uh, representing death I think I was um, I don't know what whether that's my sixth sense of um of humor but I think I think it was so I felt this sort of like pressure when I was having a, ba- a baby or to be like become all nice and you know everything has to be you know go to baby shops it felt so sterile and um I, as if you had to edit out your life to become yeah, squeaky clean exactly. or something so I just wanted to like almost rebel against that pressure to be like and now you're a mom you're gonna have to start baking and I'm just like all of that we've already talked about that on one of the podcasts about how we're just you know proud not to be able to bake yes you know that's exactly I'm one of those there's something about death and life and actually a lot of cultures can embrace those very happily all together can't they and they don't shy away from it but I think our culture is like scared of death and scared of you know try not to think about it and and the scarlet and but then the bee I think it's sort of representing it you know is a new life some often things die and even when you have a child, you know, you part of you does die. You're saying, okay, I don't know what my new life's going to be. That's the end of my life as a single person. And this the is the end of my clubbing. <laughs> yeah, end of my clubbing days. And you <laughs> kind of, of it's a, a rebirth of um, something, something new. So I, you know, and obviously I lost my mum when I was young. So there's, I'm always aware of that sense of loss and that personal relationships, especially family ones. Are, are painful and even when you have a child that you love and you you just think that in itself is so much there that you love them but it can cause you a lot of pain you know if you're you're yeah. not getting on with your child or there's something acting up or and it, it's you know it's not easy well you've so. got a great big 
bashy skull with <laughs> my mash me. on the table going, well, pay attention. Yeah, <laughs> it's beautiful. Um, do you wear it much? I would for a party and things. I mean, it is quite heavy. And it was uh, when Alexander McQueen was still alive and I just thought his designs are just incredible. They you are. know, you have these dresses with, um, what would he embroider them with insects and things that aren't uh, traditionally pretty as well. And like this, and... You know, he was he was such um, so original, wasn't he? So he was, yeah. it was that so kind of a special time. Um, beautiful, I absolutely, absolutely love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah. It's absolutely wonderful. We are talking about being bold, and of course, you are very bold. What would you What would you say about being bold? About going for it and doing your own thing? Have you Have you learned to be bold in your life? Would you consider mm. yourself a bold person? Yes, I think I probably would. I mean, you do get to an age, don't you, when it's easier. Probably, people say, when you hit your 40s, you just don't care anymore, do you? But, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, it's not always easy to be like that. And I'm not at school, in a high school situation, secondary school situation, where you are a little bit more aware of what people think of you. But I've almost forgotten what that's like. So, And, obviously, we live in Brighton as well, so you, you, know, you can never goes, shock anyone, goes. can you? <laughs> um, if we lived in the home counties... It, if, you would be yes, whereas well, actually I look quite conservative most of the time. I, mean, I don't have one side of my hair pink and the other side blue and um, studs and um, piercings all over my body and tattoos. So actually I'm fairly conservative in that sense. Um, I just think, well, you've got to enjoy life, don't you? Because, you know, what else is it? And, you, you know, you have to enjoy. So if you like something, just enjoy liking it because, you know, the, the living you do is right now and then... It's you quick, don't know. it's fleeting. It's and we fleeting. don't realise how yeah. quick it is goes mm. so it's important to live every minute yeah what's next for you what what have you got on the horizon um i'm working yeah for a couple of exhibitions some things in the piping um not confirmed yet maybe something in san francisco and then i work a lot with my gallery in copenhagen they i i enjoy um that relationship and then yeah just almost at the beginning of thinking planning stage so who knows not slowing down then not no 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 <laughs> listeners see your stuff or find you are you on social um, media yeah so instagram i'm just natasha k-i-s-s-e-l-l two s's and two l's uh so i put a lot of stuff on instagram just because it's easier it's like an yeah. online portfolio i just put all my paintings up there and yes you've got some wonderful time lapses of your um mural painting as well which are absolutely beautiful yes and and astounding to watch because i need you to know, do more I, can't, I just <laughs> can't even believe that you can do it so be, i honestly we lie in bed every day and we look at our walls and go it's oh, absolutely well, it beautiful must be because you've it's, basically got a work of art on the it's wonder it's, you know, a, work, been it's done. a work it's of art and i i noticed something new every every oh. single day so it's absolutely beautiful oh that's so lovely yes i mean the one um the the lady in um scotland she would say the same thing that you know not drawing it out and it's just not pre-planned and it just goes straight in with the paints although that one in Scotland was a bit more nerve-wracking because they'd prepared the walls with five layers of paint and everyone had been sanded back and it was the most expensive paint you could buy from New York <laughs> and um and you know and they'd sort of prepared this room it was going to be her you know her dream bedroom and the sort of the pressure of like what if I make a mistake, <laughs> make a mistake. it was um quite something and was it done in one color or is it colorful it's quite yeah muted colours, nothing too dark, which I guess with murals it's it's yeah, just having that um I mean not pastel but just not ever too dark or too you know, too heavy. But um so yeah, sometimes it's just easier just to go in and just do it in one 
sitting. And in the meantime, let's have a party where we can, you can out this beautiful, these yes, beautiful nexus. We'll put absolutely. some of these pictures up online with these incredible beads, painted Aww. beads. They're absolutely beautiful. <laughs> yes, they are uh, lovely. But in the meantime, thank you ever so much for being a guest on Show Thank you very much. Thank you, Joe. Thank, thank you, so you Alice. Much. It was very fascinating. Oh, lovely Tash. Wasn't she great? So She's so wonderful and amazing. And, and just off. really, yeah, you just really felt that it was quite meaningful. It was quite a, a moment. And her jewellery obviously means so much to her. And I, I think that's that's what I find quite amazing about jewellery is that we wear it close to us and every piece kind of tells a story in its own way that you wouldn't know when you walk past that lovely nut necklace mm. that you wouldn't know that there was so much behind it. But there is, you know, and that's what makes... Just so wonderful. Special. Yeah, she's what do check her out and her amazing her amazing art. She's wonderful. Oh, and uh that's all we've got time for this week, but it's been another really brilliant, fun morning of podcasting. Um do like, share, follow, review, and please do join us on social media. And at please Sh- give feedback as well, because if there's something that you want to hear, please let us know. And if you've got a story yourself, then please do get in touch. Yeah, we're on at Show Us Your Bids Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. So do join us there. So until next time. Time.